Hi, friends, and happy holidays. Welcome to another episode of Starting With a Song. I'm your host, Amanda Mazzo, and I am so glad you're joining us. It's been a minute, hasn't it? I certainly have moments where I cannot believe we're already, and finally, at the end of 2020. I don't know about you, but I always tend to get a little introspective this time of year. It feels important to take a look back on where we've been to give perspective and context to where we're going. I couldn't think of a better guest to chat about the saga of 2020 than with Executive Director of Community Resource Center here in Nashville. Here is my year in review conversation with my dear friend, Tina Doniger. Like, that's the worst when you're listening to a podcast and they're like, oh, I should have hit play sooner. I love that. I like to, I'm going to have to take these off. And we're like fancy earrings. Big earrings. They're hurting my ears. I love seeing you in person though. I know. Oh my gosh. Tina, it has been a hot minute. No, it really has been a long time since I've seen you in person. Like uh, probably... Yeah, I don't know. Definitely not 2020. No. Um, Way earlier. I'm, yeah. I'm even trying to, I can't even think of the last time. Oh, Oyster Easter 2019. That's sad. That's, <laughs> that's like a year and a half. That's real sad. Uh, I mean. Oh my gosh. We've just had a couple of things happen. Like, I don't know. No, just no, nothing has happened. It's a very calm year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing. Very uneventful. Yeah. No dumpster fires. Oh yeah, my not at all. gosh. Typically to kick things off. And I mean, there are no rules here. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Um, but I do like to give our friends some context of like how we know each other. Yeah. And I mean, I'm doing the math here. It's been a little over 10 years. Because it was like 2009, you and I met in the junior chamber. Junior chamber, second round for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say it was, I had just moved back to Nashville. And, you know, my goal was after being out of town for a couple of years, like to just get back into what I knew. Um, junior chamber was an easy, easy, you know, check mark. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we met in that. Yeah. Newcomers. <laughs> yes. Not so newcomers. Right. Group. Right. And we put on, um, I was actually, I was telling my mom yesterday, she's like, when are you going to do a podcast again? And I said that we were meeting and I was like, Tina and I go way back. We put together the hot pink yes. um, fundraiser for Susan G. Komen, where we were auctioning off firemen. Firemen, dates, <laughs> yeah. packages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a fun event. And then I look at some of like, where everyone is now. And I'm right. like, oh, life has changed. Right. So different now, it is but, so different, but such yeah. a good place yeah. to start. Um, so it's been so fun just seeing where life takes you. And I, I mean, I know we have this like massive elephant in the room yeah. of 2020 and I could not think of a better person, a great guest to have somebody hop in a time machine with me and do oh my gosh. <laughs> review. Oh. I don't know if you're emotionally yeah. ready for that. I mean, my Zoom crashed like 12 times already this morning. So I think emotionally I can handle it. It's anything. You know um, what doesn't kill you? Yeah, makes you stronger. <laughs> no, yeah. I think, oh my um, gosh. you know, when you asked like, let's do this. I was like, do I even remember January? Okay, I, I don't so, know. Well, you know, like, I'll tell you this because I actually took a few notes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, January. No, I'm with Way you. Way prep, sister. Well, like, I am impressed. Well, what's funny is I can't even tell you like celebrating the holidays because I remember 
I just remember last fall because it was just so, so busy. Yeah. It was too busy. It was one of those times where I was like, I've got to, I've got to slow down because I'm missing my favorite part. Yeah. You know, I'm missing Thanksgiving and Christmas. I just can't feel like I can enjoy it. So that's what sticks in my mind. You know, December, January, totally a blur. February, I think I was still kind of in that, maybe I'm still taking a break. And then March. Okay. So I had to go back and kind of do like a little timeline. So March 3rd, do you remember where you were March 3rd? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where were you? So we live in Mount Juliet. Mm -hmm. um, And I mean, it was just a regular old night, you know, I mean, the night before um, our daughter wasn't going to school um, the next day for I don't know if it was elections or something. And so I totally remember like, we are going to sleep in because I didn't have anything to like 10 o'clock on my schedule. Oh, wow. And so, you know, it's creeping to midnight, 1 a.m. My phone is starting to kind of blink. I can hear the, I can hear the wind whipping up, but we live in a very weird part of Mount Juliet that like all the rain, all the storms, like it really dissipates right before it gets to us. This was not, it sounded so differently. And instead of waking up my whole family, I was like, I'm just going to go watch the news. And they weren't reporting what was happening before the tornado got to Mount Julie. It was just like, there's a tornado, there's a tornado. You didn't know what it was, you know? So I was like, it went left. We live right, you know, or it went right. We live left, whatever. Right. Uh, I'm going to get a couple hours of sleep. I'm probably going to have a busy day tomorrow. And it didn't, it didn't really register in my brain. Now I have a totally different like plan in mind and how to react to that. And I should have put my pants on and gone to work. <laughs> um, like I, I've probably said that 500 times in eight months. Like I should have just gone to work. And then I literally woke up the next morning at like 6am to the mayor's office, office of emergency management about 150 texts and phone calls from just random mm -hmm. people. And um, I remember like some, I just said, turn on the television right now and no shower. I don't even know that I brushed my teeth and I literally just got in the car. Yeah. I don't think we've told people what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about that too. We'll yeah. do like a little intro, but yeah. Tell, talk um, about that. So I'm the executive director for the community resource center and we act as a conduit for other nonprofits, 365 days a year. So we take in corporate donations of toothpaste and toothbrushes and soap and shampoo and diapers and whatever. And then we pass it on to nonprofits that allow them to keep focused on their service and their mission because we do the heavy lifting of going and getting those goods that they need mm -hmm. in times of need like a pandemic or a natural <laughs> disaster. Um, we actually officially activate with the city of Nashville and we handle all the materials management of everything that gets donated and funneled into the city. So tractor trailers of toilet paper and cleaning supplies and diapers and um, food and you name it, it came across. And I was in Mount Juliet. So we're, so the side of Mount Juliet, we're on the North side. Like we were this Island because I couldn't get to the freeway through Mount Juliet mm. and I couldn't get to. Well, cause Mount Juliet sustained damage huge. as well. Yeah. Huge. Mm -hmm. um, and then I couldn't get down Lebanon road to get through yeah. Donaldson and Hermitage because of the, um, where it had hit there. Mm -hmm. So literally I'm frantically calling our board, our large 
material donor donors, things like that, like frantically calling them as I'm sitting in traffic, looking at my gas gauge going down. Like, oh again, gosh. you know, my husband always says you should never get below a quarter of a tank. Oh, yeah. He, um, and, and Jason, my husband will be hearing this and nodding emphatically yes. because he says the same thing to me too. And I just yeah. ignore it every yeah. time. So I ended up like flipping a U-turn, going the back way through Madison and coming oh, wow. into town. And, you know, that was flowing fairly well because the devastation of of Germantown, East Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, the really only thing you could really see from the freeway was Top Golf. Yeah. Um, Cornerstone Church. Like you could really only see these pockets of areas that had been damaged. And um, I mean, I remember just getting to work and like throwing open the gates and we're like, we're going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I was. Yeah. It's, we were actually here at center 615. We had an event that night, um, for creative mornings. Mm-hmm. And so we were in East Nashville at like eight, nine mm-hmm. o'clock and it was starting to rain. Yeah. Now East Nashville was hit really hard. Um, but we were home at that point yeah. and center 615, the building that we're in right now, it sustained uh roof damage. Mm-hmm. So the AC fell through the roof, <laughs> flooded oh the goodness. entire, I mean, it, it, you were, you were commenting like how much it's grown, how much yeah. it's changed. Like literally within a year. I mean, they, they redid so much and it looks so great now and did before too, but you know, you do what you got to do, but it was just, uh, crazy. We actually came here the next day cause we were concerned about all our equipment yeah. being in the water. Cause we were on the bottom yeah. level. Uh, everything was fine, fortunately, but I'm laughing, you know, not about that, of course, but looking at this timeline that I have in on March 6th, you know, you and I were texting. I think there was a, a friend of mine in the food service industry working with No yeah. Waste Nashville. Everybody, you know, just wanted to donate and do whatever they could to help. And so she was texting me and I'm like, oh, I know Tina, you know, I'll put yeah. you guys in touch. And then you said this, you and I will have one hell of a podcast <laughs> recording after this week. And that was on March 6th. And that was eight months ago. March 6th. <laughs> And now, and so reading that now in November, I'm like, she had no clue. I, and none I of really us did. Um, none I of really us did. Didn't. Um, I'm crying. Like I'm tearing up because I'm laughing on the inside. Um, <laughs> I would, I, first of all, I will say it's, it has been the longest and the fastest eight months I've mm-hmm. ever had in my life doing the hardest work I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I can't um, even imagine without a book of like here, open the book and you just follow you step it. one, step two. Uh-huh. I was looking back on, because I mean, I'm paying attention because I'm your friend, you know, and I think other people are paying attention because they know you and they're familiar with CRC, but the community is also oh. taking notice. And I was reading this article, WKRN, put out and called you a hometown hero, but I love, you know, anything they said, of course, I was like, yes, yes, I know that. But what you said, you said, my husband said it best. I love working. I love business. But he said, you thrive in disaster. Oh gosh! And hearing you say that, I mean, it makes so much sense to go. I don't have time to think about what is actually happening right now. I just know that somebody needs to do something about it. And I'm going to be that person with my team, you know, but somebody has got to keep a cool head. I thrive in not, and I hate to say disaster because I thrive in 50,000 people doing race for the cure. I yeah. thrive in what that, that thing is. Um, this is just different. It's not, you know, it wasn't, I didn't look at it as an event. I looked at it as 
this is my opportunity to leave a stamp on the city. Um, you know, I've been here for 20 plus years. Yeah. And I was thinking like, how, how do you tie back the purpose of your podcast and like what the name is and like what drew me to Nashville? And certainly I worked in country radio before mm-hmm. I got here. And, um, I was like, I'm not coming to Nashville to sing. I'm coming to Nashville because I want to be in the record business. And I wanted to leave my mark in that way and quickly realized that that was not going to be what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And my mom probably says it best when she says every job that I had along the way in 20 plus years led me to handle this disaster, led me to... um, pull this army of volunteers along with me. I had volunteers that had done Oyster Easter and Reese for the Cure and um, PTO, you know, fundraisers and you name it. They all showed up. I love that. And that, um, so when I think like, how did I get here and did I ever attain what I thought I would attain? Like, I just knew that someone had to rise up and keep a clear head and, and just move. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be standing there at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just took in every, every event concept of fencing and tenting and people moving and stuff moving and trucks and trailers. And you just did it. The hard part about Nashville and the best part about Nashville is everyone's so giving. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to tell this to someone who came from out of state. And I said, you know, if you're used to a hurricane area in Florida, everyone in Florida is impacted by that hurricane. What happens in Tennessee is very evident in the tornado is that it impacts a specific area, but everyone else from the the areas that aren't impacted, like they rise up, they show up, they give and give and give and give. And so you had volunteers everywhere. You had, um, we had lines. We were constantly just trying to get that traffic off of Lebanon road. So we weren't backing up Lebanon road as people were donating and they didn't show up with like, here's a bag from target. It was like, here's a truck, you know, a truckload. We, we pooled money on Venmo and all of my friends on Facebook gave me money and I went shopping and I brought all this. Like that is what showed up. You know, you said like, that's the difference of Nashville. And I agree with you. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I have seen time and time again. I mean, even looking back to 2010 and the flood Mm -hmm. and seeing how people reacted to that. Um, But I also am curious about the people that are not from Nashville, because I know, I mean, there are probably so many stories that I I haven't even heard, but people driving across state lines to come and help us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the big one is, I have several. Um, I figured you would. <laughs> um, the big one is, for those of you that know the Community Resource Center and those of you that don't, like we're a we're a small nonprofit. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I was the only employee over the last year. And um, and we just make it work. We just, we serve our, our agencies that we work with and we just do it. And, you know, we rely on a lot of volunteer help. And within like the first week or two, we were getting tractor trailers and phone calls from like, Hey, we're doing a collection. We're going to bring it to you. We're doing this. We're doing that. And, um, a gentleman, his name's Joe out of Odessa. 
um, Kansas. He says, hey, when we were impacted, people brought a truck of water. We've collected water. We're going to bring it to you. Mm. And I was like, fantastic. Thank you. On a Saturday, just drive it on down. And he shows up and he's like, truck number eight. To get into our facility, like if you're a big truck, you block the whole parking Mm -hmm. lot. And so we had to kind of hold people off to donate while we could get this tractor trailer unloaded. And then, you know, things started flowing again. And I just said, hey, there's coffee in there in the kitchen. There's water in the refrigerator. There's probably leftover pizza from last night. Just warming (laughs) up in the microwave. Like, but can you just hang out? Give me like, give me a little bit, but I'll get you back on the road as quickly as possible. And he's just kind of hanging out. Bowman Richards, who owns Richards and Richards, like mm-hmm. another giant hero of um, of my year. He's like shooting the you know breeze with Bowman. And he's like, man, how many tractor trailers does this girl own for this business? And Bowman was like, none. And Joe's like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, she like it's Tina and. They don't own a truck. They don't like they've wanted to fundraise for a truck and they had come in a 26 foot box truck full of water. So I'm on the phone. And if you, you saw pictures like it most, I had a cell phone and a hard line phone, like to my ear or walkie talkie. Like I just was going, you yeah. know, and um, our board president was like, hang up the phone. <laughs> I need you to talk to Joe. <laughs> He'd like to leave that truck with us. And I was what? like, just a second. Let me, let me I'm going to have to call you back, you know? Um, <laughs> right. And he's like, okay, so I just called, you know, I just called the bank. And I think if we just sign the title over to you and if you just write me a letter and you sign it, like, I think we're good. And I'll just give you the keys. And I, and I'm like, to what? Whoa. And he was like, we own 26 foot box truck out there. We'd love to give it to you. Totally great condition. Just needed a tune up. Like, and Thank goodness. I mean, I don't know how many miles we put on it in eight months, oh but we gosh. drive it every day. Every day it's Oh it's, Joe. Yeah. And and so he just he saw that need and he was like, I'm the president of the bank. I'm gonna make this decision and we're just gonna leave it for you. I mean, his wife was like sitting in the truck, like they brought employees what? all the way down with they, them and they just like rented a car to get and back. He, yeah, he was something. like, Hey, we're um I was like can someone drop you at the airport? Like, would that be <laughs> Can we help? You? He's like, oh no. He's like, I brought other people with me. I'll just drop in their car and then we'll just go rent something. Wow. And I'm like, I could kiss you on the mouth. Wow. You know, I think Nashville has a really special place in tourist hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I got that bug the first year that I traveled. Um, my first trip here was over New Year's Eve many, 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 many moons ago um, <laughs> when Tim and Faith used to do their New Year's Eve oh, concert wow. at Bridgestone. Yeah. And so we would always give away a trip on the radio station I work for in Portland, Oregon. And so I would get chaperone, the winner. So it was like a free job per free. Yeah. yeah. Radio is not the same now <laughs> at all. But I remember coming here and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. And this was like not Nashville grown up. Right. This was fried food everywhere. Mm-hmm. This was no fancy chefs. Oh, you know, I mean, I feel Demumbrian you. was yes. not what it was now. Yes. Um, but I thought, God, there's something really awesome about this town mm-hmm. and I want to be a part of it. And so I flew, like I came back again and interviewed and then, um, showed up on 4th of July, like with a car packed full of stuff and a moving truck coming. So I knew it was really special. The moment I stepped here, people that travel here, got married here, got engaged here, 
had a party here, whatever. Um, those people came back. The checks that came in or the donations that came in with the note like, I celebrated my bachelorette party there or oh, um, we got engaged on the pedestrian bridge. Yeah. Like we, we are with you. And that was like so cool to mm-hmm. read those messages. But then when you, when they step in and they're like, wow, you're all wearing Ohio shirts. Like, Oh, we're from Ohio. You and know, they like, just, they were here on vacation. Yeah. That and is, just said, <laughs> we weren't going to go home. Yeah. We were just going to do something about it. And I think that just is, it speaks so highly of, Nashville, you know, I think, I think as locals, we don't love a pedal tavern and we don't love a woo woo girl and we don't, you know, like whatever that (laughs) list is. Those people though, like they make up who we are Mm -hmm. and and what we do. And the fact that they stayed and the fact that they didn't cancel, you know, people really didn't start canceling their trips until COVID. I mean, that like we probably could move to April. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're still in one month. (laughs) We're still in one month. But like, you know. Trips weren't really starting to get canceled Mm -hmm. until April. And so we had this whole month of just amazing people coming Mm -hmm. through. One gentleman uh, from Chicago just got on a plane because he saw that I needed help with forklift drivers. So he literally got on a plane. He flew from Chicago to Nashville, showed up on my doorstep, and he's like, hey, I'm so-and-so from Chicago. And I was like, welcome. (laughs) How are you? How can I help you? Yeah. Oh, so I saw on Facebook that you need forklift drivers. So I'm just wow. here to drive a forklift for the day. Oh, gosh. And I, it, it doesn't get old to hear this no. stuff. It gives me chills every single time. Like the as crazy as this year is, if we can take like a, you know, aerial view and just see everything that happened all at once and how crazy it was and the, the division in our country. And it's stuff like this. This is what I'm hoping people don't forget about. It's the commonality that we have that makes us stronger when we're together and working side by side. I just, um, I just love that. One of the things that I was kind of surprised to see, but I mean, I guess it makes sense with all the logistics and availability of homes and rebuilding and all that other stuff. Some of these people that were displaced in March are just now Uh probably like August, August, September, October, just now getting into homes, right? Like you. Oh, not even that. They're just now beginning the rebuild process. Oh my gosh. Fixing process. Um, We just worked with rebuilding Nashville and they just tarped, I think, eight homes this week that had already been tarped. Okay. But because of the weather and the hurricanes that had come through and the rain that we've gotten, like they had to be retarped because they're on a very long list of rebuilds, complete remodels, you know, all of that. We went from like tornado and activating that to activating in COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we began to collect all the PPE for the city. So cloth masks, three-ply masks, gowns, booties, face shields, you name it. Like that, like that was our next ask. So like we weren't asking for tarps and toilet paper and things like that. Like, well, you couldn't find it in the store. But (laughs) we now we're focused on you know, how do we protect our hospitals, our nursing homes, our first responders, our city, you know, city workers that needed to keep going. 
um, volunteers that were still working and willing to work because of that, you know, a lot of tornado relief didn't occur. FEMA moved out because of COVID. And so the schools are shutting down. Yeah. Food is becoming, you know, we're becoming a food desert greater than Mm -hmm. we already were in certain communities. Other organizations that were really active in that rebuilding process closed down, you know, and and Mm -hmm. made their people work from home. And that's that's difficult. You know, it's difficult if you aren't working in your office to continue what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And people would get on a Zoom call with me and they're like, you're at the warehouse. (laughs) And I was like. Well, we've been deemed essential. (laughs) And so we just had to like shift this gear to, we went into making COVID relief kits, which is very closely aligned with our everyday mission, which is providing basic essentials Mm -hmm. um, to at-risk populations. What's in a COVID relief kit? So it was a mixture of cleaning supplies and personal hygiene. So it included, you know, rubber gloves, you know, a disinfectant Mm -hmm. spray that was at the level to kill COVID. But it also was like, what can you not get at the grocery store? So like two rolls of toilet paper and paper towels and toothbrushes and toothpaste, because if you were in need already, like COVID multiplied that need. Mm -hmm. We really had to get really creative in finding ways to serve populations. Like right now we're partnering with Musical.ly Fed. So it's um, all of their giveaways in Nashville, we are supporting them with a a family kit that has, you know, enough cleaning supplies and hygiene items for a family of six. Oh, that's awesome. Um, And that came through a relationship through the CMA, you know, and that I had met someone three, four years ago and we just kept in touch and one post on Facebook and leads to a phone call, leads to another phone call. And, you know, we're kicking out kits and delivering them to them. And that's, That's the best part is just that intertwining of all these different areas of people just supporting our neighbors. And that's what comes out of this is love your neighbor. You know, I'm all for it. A hundred percent. Yeah. No matter where you live, as you're listening to this, like you have, you have to make a daily decision on whether or not your actions are going to implode your community. Period. Every day you were going to choose that you were either going to accept everyone around you. You were going to allow people to make the wrong decisions or the right decisions based on what you think and allow them to live their life and love them regardless and support them regardless. Or you are going to be part of the rift that is being created in the nation. Implode or impact. Yeah. A hundred percent. It can either, you can like um, and that, be destructive you know, or help build it up. Exactly. And I think the CRC and specifically what I task my team with is that we're going to be change makers. So about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, I finally like had a two hour stent that the phone didn't ring. No volunteer was in my building. My staff wasn't there. It was two hours of pure silence. And I was the first time in in eight months, eight months. I was working on a project in which we needed to really pull some pictures of just what had transpired and, and kind of help tell the story of what we had done. And luckily, like there was clarity in that first week, which was, I need to get professional photographers in here. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had two amazing Nashvilleians step up and show up and um, Tasha. Yeah. Our friend Tasha uh, Dickinson. Dickinson. I love that woman. I know um, what she gave me 
was the biggest gift because mm. um, she's so warm. Like she's in my headshot. She's in your headshots. Mm-hmm. Like she's so warm and capturing. I really think the true essence of who she's shooting, but I think she captured the emotion mm. of the groups coming together that were volunteering, the people that were coming together to drop stuff, the like all of that. And so that was the first time I'd actually sat down and gone through some albums of photos. There were photos that I never saw. Like, wow. And like instances that I knew were happening, but at times we were operating from four different parking lots in our like industrial area. Mm -hmm. And so Luckily, we have some really great neighbors, and I would just be like, I can I borrow your parking lot for the afternoon? <laughs> we have eight eight dump trucks that are coming from Shelbyville. Gosh. Um, but I never saw a picture of the dump trucks arriving, and I never, I have the Facebook video of me freaking out and asking for 100 volunteers, and like, I need a I need a shipping company and a five semi-trucks right now. You know, I have those images and those tangible videos but I did not see like what the other side of it was and I just kind of broke down like oh, I, you know man. there have been some tears through this sure. but like you just kind of pick yourself up and you move on but like that was two hours of just beginning to actually work through some of what has happened yeah I'm gonna quote you again oh goodness <laughs> so I think this actually this was in October I loved this because, um, you know, even taken out of context, I think it's important. If you are feeling a little hopeless in this time that we're in, reach out and give back. Sometimes just a little bit of unconditional love for someone else is just what you need to make yourself feel a little bit more whole. I firmly believe from like my toes to my head, like if you feel broken, the only way to fix yourself is to help someone else. Mm-hmm. Be others focused. Something I definitely learned this year, even if you weren't impacted economically or whatever, I think we all went through some kind of emotional, some kind of 100%, some, 100%, some kind of physical, yeah. some kind of uh, transformation here. But one of the things that I learned, and you're right, the more you focus on yourself and the problems that you may be going through or the hardships that you're having to endure, it seems like those grow. But if you can take the focus off of yourself and help someone or even just check in on them, your focus shifts. Yeah. I mean, we had volunteers that had been impacted yeah. in the tornado. Um, we've had volunteers that have been impacted by COVID mm. that have just shown up every day, whether they lost their jobs, their kids had to return from college, like whatever that situation was. And over and over and over, they were like, the best example I can be is to show them that by focusing on somebody else, it's going to make a difference. Like, I think we've all struggled in 2020. It's going to take a morning of your job is different. Your life is different. Your everything, everything, whatever, <laughs> yeah. like fill in again, another fill mm-hmm. in the blanks. Like we're playing Mad Libs, but like you have to decide how do you move forward? Mm-hmm. Because I think you, that goes back into your employer impact. You decide how you're going to react to yeah. the situation. I just don't know that you can live with an asterisk next to a year and just say, I'm going to act like that didn't happen. Or I checked out that point and, and just never checked back in. Little changes, little, little decisions. It yeah. is, you know, it is being kinder to your neighbor. Yep. It is smiling under your mask, even though people can't see you. 
Um, you <laughs> Make know, your eyes squint. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just, but every little bit of that just builds. My know? mom has adopted the saying from a fellow colleague, a teacher in Georgia. And this teacher, you know, coming into a, the new school year and everything was crazy with that too. And they were trying to figure out, you know, their plans. And she just said, you know what? Here's our theme. Yep. Enjoy and embrace. And so my mom, forever, even though I'm like, okay, mom, we get it. Like, stop saying that. But she's right. I mean, that it, you change your outlook and you approach everything that you do. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to find something yeah. good about it. I'm going to reflect that good yeah. to other people. And I think, like, you know? I, I think when you, um, when you do that, you attract this whole other different group. I'm very thankful that a tornado brought people into my life that I would have never crossed paths with. Like wow. I knew of them or mm-hmm. I knew they existed. You know, I'd heard their name through other people or whatever, but to be in the same room with some really smart people and some really genuine people that are tackling the challenges of Wilson County. They're tackling the challenges of Davidson County Mm -hmm. that started with the tornado, but then were impacted by COVID and impacted by, you know, racial tension and elections and all of that. Like you, you start to like really look at the people that you surround yourself with. And, um, and I'm just thankful that this year, like that, that demographic is changing. It looks mm, different. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels different. It has um, better representation. Oh, of that's so good. Yeah. All these people. Um, and it forces me to look at myself and be like, all right, my board needs to look different. My young professional board needs to look different. You know, the people that are coming through the door need to look different. We got to get out of our own way. Yes. And acknowledge that maybe the way we did it wasn't right. Or that we just don't know. I mean, there's it's a humbling moment when you find out all the things that you didn't know that you should have, you should have probably known, mm-hmm. but we just didn't know. Nobody told me I didn't learn these things in school and I'm sorry, but yeah. I'm here and I want to learn. I had this pride of myself that I didn't see color. I didn't see differences. I didn't see whatever. And in turn, like I was part of the problem. Yeah, I I'm same. Like, I grew up thinking, okay, I'm colorblind. I'm colorblind. And that and was I, and I pride myself on that until I heard there's a great author, Latasha Morrison. She was on another podcast and I I had to write this down because it blew my mind. She goes, It's not enough to be colorblind. We have no. to be color caring and color brave. I really acknowledge that we serve refugees, we serve um, men and women of color, but we weren't serving them well. And I've created this group of women that allow me to have like really uncomfortable conversations. You need it. Because I don't know. Yeah. And why can't everybody use the same shampoo? Like I should know that answer, but I'm not a scientist, so I don't. Or, you know, we're sending feminine hygiene and it's going to a Muslim organization or another organization. Like we need to be mindful to take the tampons out. Yeah. Like thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was being open and supportive and, you know, whatever. But in turn, I was only doing part of the job. If 2020 can teach us that you got to come all the way to the table mm-hmm. and and serve in a way that accepts everyone. And, and I'm not saying you got to take every every belief and, and take them into your, to your own. Cause you don't, you can, you can have friends and not, and have huge differences, but whether or not you choose to set those aside and be friends 
and allow each other to have their own opinions and not take it personally and not blow up Facebook pages and whoever <laughs> else. <on>. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, and I just, I'm here for that. If you could just give me a couple bullet points, like things you want to keep from 2020, things you want to get Ew. rid of. Oh, that's a good question. For me. Yeah. Tell me yours. Well, because um, they're going to be different. You know, like you got to work from home a little bit. I did. I did. get. Yes, I did get to work from home um, and still do and, and come in. But even here, I mean, there's really, yeah. you know, very few people that we come in contact with. This is a real treat getting to yes, sit at the same um, table with somebody that's not my husband. 100%. Yes. Um, no offense, Jace. <laughs> we but, love you, Jace. <laughs> we do. But I um you know, coming off that busy season in 2019 and then having a huge slowdown, like much, much longer than I wanted or anticipated. I think I want to keep the mindfulness and the presence, you know, just being present in something. And I think some of what you were saying of like, you know, having to have some of these conversations, I think all of that kind of ties together, like looking and going, here's the end goal. Here's who I want to be, because that can be really overwhelming Mm -hmm. to take Mm -hmm. on, you know, knowing that your organization needs needs to be a certain way, or I want to be at this point in my career, this person, but it adds up these little daily changes, choices that you're talking about. And the things to let go of, I'm with you about like stopping, (laughs) stop the caring of what yeah. The he said, she said. Yeah. And letting that influence how I think about myself yeah. or other people. I want to stop hearing what everybody is saying. I want to go to the source and form my own opinions or have, yes. you know what I mean? I don't know the best way to say that. You want to be a truth seeker. Yeah. I really I think, think that's really important because all yeah. of the stuff that we're reading on social media and ever again, everybody has their own opinions and it's just causing more division. So come to the table with an open ear yeah, and an open heart and then go from there. Yeah. There needs to be conversation in 21. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you move forward. I think the other thing that I would love to continue to see is the people that have have come to the table to volunteer because they know that one you need to teach your children to volunteer like if this is the one thing you take out of this podcast like you have to teach the next generation Mm -hmm. what it means to give back if we lose that in the next several generations it is going to grossly impact our communities what we have experienced over the last eight months is is life-changing life-giving um, transformational opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a huge opportunity. Whether or not you decide to look at it that way. Yes. What have you been listening to in this uh, season? Or have you been listening to anything? There's a long time I did not. So for those of you that don't know, like I moved from Portland, Oregon, uh, doing radio, came in here, did radio, moved to St. Louis, did radio, came back. I didn't you know, know you were in St. Louis. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So radio has always, like, I don't really love satellite radio I really like I want to hear the corny commercials yeah (laughs) so like even on like road trips I'm like let's listen to the radio not because it paid my bills just because I was that kid that recorded like Casey Kasem on cassette tapes like there was always that radio noise in my world the hardest part about this tornado was that that really went sideways because 
I was returning hundreds of phone calls yeah. in the time that I spent in the car. Plus, for the most part, I was driving into the office at five or six a.m. in the morning and I just need a little like that was going to be the only 20 minutes of quiet time. Just recently, have I actually like really turned the radio back on? You know, I'm a country girl at heart, but I do like dance music. So <laughs> Far East Movement is my hype song, like anything by them or um, Pitbull. Like if I know like I'm I'm facing eight Zoom calls today. Oh, yeah. You got to get 20 minutes of like really loud dance music between like Mount Julian and Nashville is my go-to, but I also don't do well with like quiet time in the office. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I've got a lot of Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen. Marin Morris is always at the top of that list. Oh, too, I love her. It's a good spot to be in. Yeah. So, um, Christmas uh, is around the corner. You know, my husband just texted me and he was like, it is time for the trees to go up. I have true <laughs> envy. I am that person. There are multiple trees. Mm -hmm. There are multiple like themed trees and decor. That is my sanctuary. You know, the hard part is that traditions are going to look different this year. Oh, totally. We celebrated our anniversary in uh, October mm -hmm. and my husband likes traditional gifts, right? Okay. So like... I have to look it up every year because I do not know. He like, wants paper. What is the, yeah, you know, like, uh -huh. like wood. Well, well, this year was wool. Okay. And I'm like. <laughs> you got some socks, bud. That's what you got. <laughs> wool socks. <laughs> no, I was looking at sweaters. I was looking at like yeah. the whole, the whole thing. Couldn't find anything. And I'm like, I'm not going to get him something doesn't fit or he doesn't like it. I found this seller on Etsy. Uh -huh. She makes wool ornaments. Oh, that's cute. It's especially cute when it's a wool dumpster on fire. Oh, you, you just want anniversary <laughs> gifts. My husband's going to be listening to this and be like, my wife got me some golf shirts it, and a it is, Darth it Vader says, helmet. It's and a green, Amanda's winning. Like, it's thanks, a green, Amanda. A green dumpster and it has wool flames and it says 2020 on the side. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I think I had to talk Jason into how amazing it was. I was like, look, it's a dumpster fire. And it's made of wool. That's all I have on my list. Did we t did we miss anything? Do you want to so. talk about anything else you want to talk know. about? This is fun. Yeah, I'm so glad you I've could come. I've been kicking around so the fun. idea of doing a podcast. Yeah, girl. Oh, my uh, gosh. You could have content oh, for years. time. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's the truth. But no, I've wanted to do this forever. And I'm so this glad you so asked. Fun. And I adore you. Ooh. So I just like I'm to so be glad. part of this. Thanks for coming, Tina. Oh, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. This conversation made me think about the old Mr. Rogers quote. When I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. But more than just looking for the helpers, I think it's up to us to be the helpers. And if that feels overwhelming or intimidating, Theodore Roosevelt said it best, do what you can with what you have, where you are. That's all I've got for today, friends, and maybe this year. <laughs> From all of us here at Starting With A Song, to all of you listening, thank you, and Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.